0: The 36th edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. Black holding high goes to Darty. Darty and the double team gives it back to Black with 20 seconds left to play. Goes back to Michael Jordan. Jumper from out on the left. Good. Rebounded by Weber. Michigan out of timeout. Weber front court. Carolina with foul. He takes the
1: timeout. Technical out foul. Of timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul on Michigan. Ed Corbett says he can run the baseline. Hands in the ball. Brown gets it into Williams. Here comes Williams front court. Williams on the drive. Gets it back out to head. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May, it's over. Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72. And how about them tar heels? They are the national champions. Matthews <laughs> off the mark. And this year, the confetti. It's going to fall for North Carolina. They're not going to be denied this time.
0: Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony back with you guys. Today, we are going to give our bold predictions for the upcoming 2021 22 season as we are officially less than two weeks away from the start of the college basketball season and the Hubert Davis era for Carolina. We got some uh, notes that we'll look out after we give you our bold predictions, but we start every pod as we do every every new edition with the Pod Thought of the Day. We go to the current head coach of Carolina basketball. He's now made his way onto the Tar Heel Times Pod Thought of the Day uh, section of TarHeelTimes.com. Uh, That's how you know you're officially the head coach of the Carolina basketballs when you're, when your thoughts are getting put on the site. Hubie once said, uh, we don't do mediocre. We have to be great in everything we do. Remember that as we go through today's pod Their co-host. I need you to be great. Meteorocrity, it doesn't exist on the Four Corners podcast. By the way, what was the tone that you took there? What is this supposed to be like? uh, Like a calming... Relaxing podcast. I'm trying the Jim Nance effect with the podcast host because I know, you know, in a, you know what? In a in a few weeks, I'm gonna be on here probably yelling, screaming, and pulling what little bit of hair I have left out of my head. <laughs> yeah, you don't got much up. There. So I, you don't know, be honest. When you. I can be calm resolute. I don't like this, Josh. I can I'm be. be I, I need to be calm and resolute because once November 9th hits, that goes out the window. Then it's just stress for five, six months trying to get this team where I think they can get to as a fan. Okay,
1: Coach Marlow.
0: Um, but there you go, the pod thought of the day. You'll be hearing more from Hubert Davis throughout the season. Hopefully on the pod thought of the day. Um, The way we're going to lay out the recaps you'll definitely be hearing from the head coach of the Tar Heels, as I mentioned, though bold predictions time for the upcoming uh, basketball season, oh. and I've got some bold ones. Well, you already you already premiered two uh,
1: in a previous edition of the podcast, so I'm in. I'm excited to see how much bolder it honestly gets. Actually, I'm a little scared. I'm going to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, I put a lot of pressure on Kerwin Walton to hit 47 percent from three. Yeah, well, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna just uh, let you
1: in on something here. One of my bold predictions also puts a little bit of pressure on Kerwin Walt.
0: Um, and, and as I've mentioned, really within the last month, I do think Carolina is going to win the ACC this season. Um, They're picked to finish third, as we all know, because we talked about that last week. They're preseason ranked 19th in the country. Um. So not a lot of high expectations for the Tar Heels here in this season. I'm actually going to have a guest on next week to kind of talk about the upcoming season for Carolina and a guy who uh, who doesn't think Carolina is capable of winning the ACC. But Ooh, I'll I'll start is, with— This is going to go bad. Yeah, that's, that's going to be— That's going to be rough. going to be a lot of fun. Um, I'll start with my first prediction, and as I'm as Anthony referenced. So I have a question. So are the two that have
1: already been said on the podcast are those a part of these bold predictions? The I think that's cheating. I'm going to be second, honest. The second
0: the second part of Carolina winning the ACC is a part of the first one I have written down, but there's also another back ended prediction that kind of brings it all together. Does that make sense? So you do have the two that have been uh, released before and then a third one. I have Carolina winning the ACC and then a statement that follows up with that prediction of them winning the ACC. Oh, Oh, okay. Oh, I get it. So Kerwin not on there. No, I do not have Kerwin Walton oh, listed okay. in, in oh, front of me. That wasn't bold enough to make your predictions for the podcast. That's That should tell you where we're going yes. with this edition. Oh, man. I'm not going from least bold to most bold. I'm just going to read you as I have written down on our beautiful rundown here for today's pod. The first bold prediction I have for the upcoming season is Carolina wins the ACC and earns a number one seed in the NCAA tournament in Hubert Davis's first season Woo. as the Tar Heels head basketball coach. Man, that is talk about pressure.
1: That's pretty hot. Yeah, that's that's a pretty that's a pretty bold take right out of the gate. Yeah, it's a good thing we're not going from uh least bold to most bold. I would be very concerned if that was your least bold prediction. In a lot of
0: ways that might oh be Oh my
1: god. I mean look, there's a path for it to happen. I think a lot of things have to go right. Like that's the thing about it is it's not just that Carolina has to get their job done. You've got to have some other things around you probably go the right way cuz I don't personally I don't see this team going like 18 and 2, 17 and 3 in
0: coverage. That's a lot to It's ask it's not team. just that. Um I told you I think 14 wins can win you the ACC this year. Right, right. Because I think the ACC is going to be a lot more deeper than a lot,
1: a lot of things have to go right with other teams. Right.
0: So um, yeah, yeah, and You're not the only one that thinks that, Carolina, that that Carolina or that, that the ACC is not going to be all that deep. Um, the guests I'm having on next week doesn't the conference going to be that deep? But Carolina also has a non conference schedule where if they just go 500 in the marquee games of their non conference slate, Purdue. Andor Nova Tennessee Michigan and UCLA. You win two of those games and Mich- and then you got uh, Michigan in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. If you go two and three in those games or three and two, that's pretty respectable. I had Isaac Shade on last week who says we need to be prepared for Carolina to go over and lose every single one of those games. I, I, I don't know. About so that. if, if been- they win those, if they go, they split those, and then you go fourteen and six, fifteen and five and you don't go one and done in the ACC tournament, it's going to be hard to say a team has a much more, has a more deserving resume than Carolina will have come selection time. Well, so I definitely think they will
1: win one in the tip-off Classic, regardless, whether it's they beat Purdue and then they end up facing, uh, who I think will be Villanova. Yes. I, I don't think it's going to be
0: Tennessee. I'm with you.
1: If they lose, I think they'll be Tennessee. So I so think I. regardless, they are coming away with one win, And I think they're going to beat Michigan. I don't... Now, if you told me they beat UCLA, I also wouldn't be stunned by that. Because
0: it's a neutral court.
1: Because I don't... There's a lot... You talk about a lot of pressure. There is a lot of pressure on UCLA to perform up to the level that they performed in the NCAA tournament last year. There's no guarantee that that is the same team that is going to come out. Remember that this is a UCLA team that had been dormant since basically 2008. So...
0: I yeah, like that word. I dormant. mean,
1: there you go. The big words on the podcast. Uh my bold prediction is that I will use more big vocabulary as the podcast goes on. An expanded vernacular huh.
0: moving forward.
1: Um but yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, I mean, it's possible, but a lot of things have to go right. And I've told you on this podcast as well. I told you guys, what was that last? Was that last week or was that this week? I don't even. The, the days are running together at this point. It's football season and basketball season and be, and and playoff baseball season. So it's it's a little crazy. But I told you, I don't think it doesn't. It wouldn't shock me if there is a ton of parity at the top of college basketball this season, meaning that getting a one seed this year, you could probably get that done with eight, nine, depending on what your resume looks like, maybe even ten losses.
0: Well, you go back to 2017-18, Carolina got seeded as a two seed that year with Joel Bear and Theo Pence when they lost AM. A&M. They had a one seed resume. But the whole stigma was you can't give a, a team with nine losses a number one seed despite them having... A better resume than a handful of the teams that got number one seeds. I think we're. I think the committee's changing that narrative. That it's not about the losses. If you've got quality wins and you got the quad ones, the quad twos, and all that stuff now with all those metrics. Well, it's about the losses. If let's say you lose to what killed them that year was the loss at home to Wofford.
1: They don't lose at home to Wofford.
0: They're a one seed.
1: Yeah, and I mean, look did they did they probably deserve to be criticized for that? Yes, I mean that's not a great loss, but. I, I think that this year, eight or nine losses, you could still end up on that one line. So I think it's possible. It's pretty bold, but I think it's definitely possible.
0: All right. Give me your first bold prediction for the upcoming season.
1: So I said yesterday on Twitter, I'll get this one out of the way and then I'll go from here. I said yesterday on Twitter in response to a tweet about um about, uh, Kier Luck who I have had on the Heel Tough blog pod. Did you have
0: her? Yeah, she's been on the four corners. Yes.
1: Okay, so she's been on both podcasts. She said that she believed that Dontre Styles could be one and done. <laughs> now, that's a little bold. I'm going to be honest with you. I like Dontre Styles a lot. I definitely think that he has a chance to be a solid player this year and depending on how he plays, he can crack the rotation. My response to that was my bold prediction is I think Kerwin Walton leads this team in scoring this year. I think the way that he shoots the basketball, he's going to be even more of a feature part of what this team does this year. I'm not in your area in terms of 47%, but I think that he's going to be able to probably score, I would say, 14 to 15 a game. And I think the thing is is that you're going to see some scoring that's going to be spread out on this team because there are a lot of different guys that are going to score for Carolina. Armando Baycott can be the guy that takes over and leads this team in scoring. That wouldn't shock anybody. But I think you're going to see balanced scoring between a lot of the guys in this lineup because I feel like there's just that much talent. So I think Kerwin Walton leads the team in scoring this year.
0: If Dontre Styles is a one-and-done type of player, there might be a banner hanging up in the Smith Center.
1: I thought that was incredibly hot. That that is one of the hottest takes I've heard around Carolina basketball in a long time. I think there is a ton of talent with him. I we we saw it, uh, you know, a couple of nights ago uh, when we watched them in in the couple of nights ago. It's now a week and a half ago when we watched the late night scrimmage. I think there's talent there. I mean, he's got a shot. He looks good. There's there's a lot of things to like. I'm with you though That's That's really Really bold I think if you told me He was a part of the rotation And If you told me That he was a guy That averaged Let's say like Five And seven I'd be like all right, Yeah I could see that But yeah Yeah One and done That's That's really bold
0: Moving on We'll move to my Second bold prediction This is kind of a follow up And all mine Kind of like They follow up To what my ultimate Biggest bold prediction Which I led off with was Um, Not only uh, does Carolina win the ACC regular season? Hubert Davis wins ACC Coach of the Year. Armando Baycott wins ACC Player of the Year. Oh, my gosh. I'm not done. And Caleb Love wins ACC Most Improved Player of the Year within the ACC. I did not I did I, not I was, research wait this. Wait a
1: second. I was unclear when
0: you said ACC most
1: improved player in the ACC. Yeah. I needed that double clarification.
0: Thank you. Thank I you. I didn't research to see if one school had taken home those three awards in a single season. I would I'd be willing to bet a meal that has never happened. I about went I'm paycheck. Not, yeah, I'm not betting that man. But but I, I wasn't going, you know, to You're too the, cheap, but and that's part of it. But I do think I think if, if Carolina wins the ACC, Hubert Davis is gonna have to get a lot of credit because that's the big if with this team. It's not it's not the front court. Right. It's it's not that the that the young guards take the next step. It's can Hubert Davis coach. That's the biggest if around Carolina basketball. Then you've got Armando Baycott. Who I believe entering the season is the best player in the conference. If Carolina is going to to win the ACC, you need your best player to play at a high level, and also we need the guards to take the next step. I think we've seen a lot of positivity from positivity from Caleb Love in the limited times we've seen him late night secret scrimmage against Florida. He looks more confident. He looks more comfortable. I think he's in for a big season, and those two guys can help Carolina. To a, a a prestigious start to the Hubert Davis era. So the the
1: one that I would probably have the most pause with of that group would probably be Hubert as coach of the year, just because we've seen it go to guys that they perceive to have amazing seasons below them. Before we've seen that with like Josh Pastner. So what I'm saying is, let's say Steve Forbes. I was dude. <laughs> I've got all right. settle down B D E for well, well, Wake well, Forest well, well, and Steve well, well, well,
0: Forbes. That is a that is a a Wilson and Norfolk. No, that, that has been carried it. over. I've got big oh deep God. energy for Steve Forbes. I think he's gonna have a great season. Come I think on. I think the roster's built. I think Josh Passner, because everyone is just <laughs> discrediting what they did last year. I think he's been there. He's though. motivated. Look, the media's gonna Media, the media's going to want to give it to Coach K. It's going to be a part of the farewell tour where they want to give him as much as they can give him. Leonard
1: Hamilton could also Leonard Hamilton they have another Tony Bennett,
0: Mike Young's another sleeper. If they can follow yes. up the great year they had See, last that's year. that's the problem. You can
1: make an argument for literally
0: every coach But if Carolina wins the ACC with a first-time yeah. head coach, you can't not give the award
1: to that's that guy. What, I, that's what I would say. That's the one that you probably would say the most because – me, I don't think that this team is winning the ACC. I I, I have them third Ch- in the ACC. Um, so that would probably be the uh, most improved player. That wouldn't shock me at all with 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 uh with Caleb Love. Um, I think th- I think there's multiple guys that could be in that category. I think
0: him own. and RJ could battle yes. each other to get that same award. To be honest with no you, no doubt,
1: no doubt. And then the Player of the Year. I mean that that one might be the least shocking. Like I, I think. He's probably what first or I mean he's or second or third, I should say in the conference in, in, on most people's ballots behind mm-hmm. Palo benchero, so I mean, yeah, that wouldn't really shock me at all um but yeah, uh I my next bold prediction <laughs> I went and said in the preseason for football that our defense was gonna be good, I think our, our <laughs> and now I may be jinxing the basketball team. I think that Carolina is going to be one of probably, I would say, top three, the top three defensive
0: teams in the ACC this season. I in terms of points allowed, Ken points, Palm?
1: Points allowed. I think points allowed. Because Ken, Palm, Ken Palm's a little, it, it very, it's somewhat similar to like pro football focus, where some of the statistics are a little flawed.
0: Ken Palm isn't a cult. Ken Palm is a movement. What I don't even know what what you're talking about We don't hate on Ken Palm in, on this podcast But
1: I'm saying that Pro football focus is a flawed the, metric Some of the numbers that you see from Ken Palm In terms of some of the rankings for Carolina defensively In the past couple of years You would think that Carolina's had a great defense And you look and you're like When we watch it on the court We're not seeing this great defensive team Me, I think they hold opponents Somewhere in between 70 and 72 points I think that this is a good enough. Defensive that's too much, team, man. And I think that they are. They got to go give below sixty. I think the tempo is going to be a big reason why this is not going to be a team that's going to go at that, that's going to run as fast. I mean, we saw moments where they ran in the scrimmage if you have the numbers, but this is a team that is going to slow the ball down. But in the half court, I, I mean, we saw they look like a much different team. And I think they're bought in defensively. I'm not saying they they weren't bought in these last couple of years. You could tell there were times during the season though where they were a little lackadaisical on the defensive. Oh end. yeah, this year, I you're not going to see as much hedging. you're going to see guys playing a lot more straight up man, you're going to
0: see zone. I think you're going to see multiple schemes. I think they will switch on and I, off. I, I think I think if we if we don't, I'm going to be I'm not going to say critical. Because I, I I do believe in playing man to man defense. <laughs> you won't say it, but that will happen. Yes. Um, yes. But I I do anticipate playing different defenses. Right. I think I think you've I think in today's basketball, I think it hurts you if you don't because you don't see a lot of certain stuff. To, well, so, to so me, when you throw it out there, it's going to throw everything
1: out of whack. Has it not hurt Syracuse that they run a two three zone that people have been able to pick up on and figure out over these years? I mean, we've seen it. Carolina's figured it out. If you the, got that guy that can get into the middle, into that. Get that area, foul line, baby. Yeah, you get to that foul line or, you know, top of the key, you're, you're going to usually be able to knock down shots. So I think that the multiple looks will help them out a lot. It'll keep teams a little on their feet and off balance because it's not going to be, well, we know exactly what Carolina's got to run. And I think this team is going to be one of the better defensive teams in, in the ACC. And th- if they can do that, that takes so much pressure off of this team offensively. I think this team's going to be good offensively, but I think that there is a lot of pressure right now of people saying this team needs to be great offensively or else they're not going to win. I don't think that's true. I think this is going to be a good defensive team.
0: My last bold prediction before we uh, we get to our closing notes. I got Carolina winning the ACC. Got Carolina being a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. I've got Hubert Davis winning the ACC Coach of the Year, Armando Baycott winning ACC Player of the Year, Caleb Love, ACC Most Improved Player of the Year. Do I need to get my scissors? All of this culminates after Carolina sweeps Duke in the regular season, including winning Coach K's final game at home in Cameron Indoor Stadium. That was, that, wait a sec, wait, that was your boldest? That's, No that's not that bold. I I think that's pretty bold. I mean, it's Look at the disparity that people think about Carolina and Duke. People think Duke's clearly better than we are entering this season. Okay, and those people are honestly just flat out wrong. If you think that
1: any and of these teams in the ACC are clearly better than
0: the others, I would say in that group of 4 at the top, you're playing yourself. I I'm sorry. But the okay, what makes what makes this bold is that final regular season game at Cameron Indoor Stadium for coach K. When Carolina goes to Duke on Duke Senior Night, that's the toughest environment in college basketball year in year out or every other year. When they go there the final Saturday before the ACC tournament, that might be the toughest regular season game in the history of college basketball. I mean, it's it's probably up there because yeah. that environment Will be second to none and deservedly so, right? So, if they can go in there and compete and, and win that game, oh, doggy. Well, here's the oh my god, um,
1: I get it. I think that Hubert, to me, Hubert's gonna have the guys ready for that. Will be one. I know the, the game in in the Smith Center, is going to be one that will be hyped. The guys will be very excited for that one, no doubt. That game in Cameron, I think that Hubert Davis is going to tell them, look, you have probably the biggest opportunity in college. This might be one of the biggest opportunities in the history of sports to go in and upset probably, if we're being unbiased, Probably the greatest basketball coach ever in his place in his final home game. Although (laughs) there was a Carolina fan that sent in a text message to our guy uh, Bone over at WFNZ, who we've had on a couple times um, on the Roy's boys previously uh to talk about the rivalry. He's a Duke fan. I <laughs> Said that Coach K will be playing some NIT games at home, but I, I don't think that's going to happen. I would
0: love. I I'd, uh, lo- yeah. I'd love to
1: see that. Part of to be honest, though, part of me, part of me wouldn't want to see that because I want that last game in in Cameron to be Carolina going in there and beating him. That would be fantastic. But I think Hubert's going to have his guys ready to go, saying, "Look, this is." massive like you clearly there's going to be nerves because yeah that like you said that environment is going to be unbelievable but at the same time I think Hubert Davis knows like look we've got to prepare for that environment and we're going to be ready to go this is not going to be Mac Brown and preparing his football team this is going to be we got a legitimate coach I think it's going to be that that game by the way is going to just be unbelievably nuts. The amount of intensity, I think, from both sides is going to be crazy. Um, And like you said, I think especially if they play like a classic, another Duke Carolina classic, that might go down as one of the top five greatest games in that Mm -hmm. rivalry. No doubt. No doubt. Um, My final one, (laughs) I may be a little bit bolder than you.
0: I think this team could go to the Final Four. I think I was going to one up you after you finished with your bold prediction. I don't think this team can go to the final four. I think when we get to New Orleans and New Orleans has been a beautiful spot for Carolina. Dean Smith won both of us national titles there. Oh god. Yep, I knew it. 2012. Get my scissors. If Kendall Marshall wouldn't have gotten his wrist hurt, they would have been in the final four there. I don't think this team can go to the final four. I think this team is going to the Final Four. Jeez, you were only supposed to have three, dude. It's my podcast. I don't make the rules, except that I do. No, you
1: made that. Made absolutely no sense. It's my podcast. I don't make the rules, except that then, I do. Then I do make the rules. No, it's your podcast. You make the rules. I'm the one that's supposed to break the rules. That's how this is supposed to work. Um, I'll I'll go with you then. I I think they will make the Final Four. I think that this is. It's a veteran-laden team. Now, the thing is is that you need to see the pieces come together in the right way. But you're talking about a second-year point guard in Caleb Love. Carolina's had a ton of success with second-year point guards. Guys have taken major steps forward in year two. I personally think, as we've talked about multiple times, R.J. Davis is the guy that benefits the most from this system change because he's a guy that's going to love playing in the pick-and-roll offense. And then you're talking about a veteran in Armando Baycott who's been there, who seems
0: motivated, who seems ready to take on the leadership role. Well, he wants to leave a legacy. You got to leave a legacy at Carolina, you got to play in the Final Four. Brady Manick looks like a guy that's a transfer
1: that's going to fit in very, very well. He, he, The guys on the team absolutely love him, and I think that we are, I, I wouldn't say we are, at the nationally i feel like they are undervaluing how much he brings to carolina and this system specifically yeah and then you're talking about dawson garcia off the bench who i think you could probably put in that conversation of you know some of the guys in the past in terms of talent wise as that sixth guy off the bench with guys like marvin williams uh what was supposed to be Danny Green, but of course he ended up becoming a starter once he had the injury to Marcus Ginyard, and Tony Bradley. So I think you could see that as well. And I just, the depth on this team is wild. I know that you'll see some guys that are probably going to get thinned out a little bit. They won't have as big a roles as they do early in the season. But I think that this team is deep, Um. And again, this is you know bold predictions, so clearly we're gonna go a little bit bold here. We may be a little in our in over our heads sometimes with some of these, but i I just think if everything goes right, this team has enough talent to be one of the four teams standing at the end of the season, and I think they do. I'm not going to go bold enough and say they win the national championship. That would be honestly <sighs> it's gonna sound crazy. That could almost be a curse in and of itself for Hubert Davis if he wins the title in year one because then the expectations just go way through the roof of this should be every single year or whatever. And it's like, okay, let's calm ourselves there. But I think they could have a dramatic run to the Final Four in year one under Hubert
0: Davis. I'm with you. And I think uh, it's always easier if you're a one seed. And if, you, if you've if won the ACC... You're going to be as battle tested as any team that's going to be in the in the NCAA tournament, especially of the one seeds that are going to probably feature a Gonzaga and a Villanova, and then that fourth one's probably be a Kansas or the Big Ten winner. But I'm right there with you. I think Carolina is more than capable. I'm not saying I expect them to make the Final Four because I don't expect them to. I think the Sweet 16 is the expectation, but I do think they can and I do think they will make the Final Four and have a chance to play. Four national championships there you go guys there's our bold predictions for the upcoming 2021 22 season we're going to take a break we're going to come back and wrap the show up but before we do that here's this week's ad from DraftKings NFL fans hungry for a big win this week. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's that simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TBPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with the promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager is required. One per customer. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Really hope you guys have made your way over to DraftKings. Using that promo code TBPN. To, uh, to take advantage of that great offer and, and winning some money off of these NFL and college football games. Two closing notes before we do get out of here. We'll start. Seth Greenberg, ESPN college basketball analyst, was at Carolina's practice last week, or earlier this week. Liked what he saw. Put out a nice video of Caleb Love's improved decision-making as he threw a pass into a double team and, and turned the ball over. But other than that... Some high words, some high praise for Hubert Davis, um, and and for Carolina. He he's going to be a guy, and the in, same thing with Jay Billis, and Reese Davis, LaFonso Ellis and those guys. It's gonna be really hard for them to say anything negative about Hubert Davis because they know Hubert Davis the person. But I also think when it comes to their jobs, they're gonna tell you what they think they're seeing. I
1: think it's gonna be very similar to what you see with Mac Brown. Mac Brown was well respected by his peers. He's just not talked, gonna call
0: out the media. They talked about if we it multiple lose.
1: times, and but you you see that when they talk about the Orioles, they give you a, a relatively fair opinion. But yes, I, think
0: I want some criticism. I think
1: it's very obvious that. They will be hoping for the best for Hubert Davis and Carolina. And it makes sense. I mean, Hubert Davis is a guy I mean, for crying out loud, we saw fifteen minutes of Reese Davis talking about him in the trivia yeah. video.
0: <laughs> I mean I want someone to feel about me the way Reese Davis feels about Hubert Davis. Yeah. Sign ladies, sign up. Um last Get that application. Last note and this I, I about turned this into a talking point. Do we want to? I mean, we we we. It, it's probably going to evolve time. because I'm I'm about to I'm gonna I'm gonna flip my lid. Ooh, This is this might not be good. <laughs> we knew this was coming. You heard the breath
1: over the mic yeah I, of anger. That tells you that it is a really trying topic.
0: Knew this was going to most likely happen, and I'm all for you. Got to adapt and stay with the times and. And all that mumbo-jumbo. But the ACC, Uh-oh. they are looking to relocate from their rightful home <laughs> oh, yeah. of Greensboro, North Carolina. Yep. There's like a 99.7% chance they're going to wind up in beautiful Charlotte. Where'd you get that
1: statistic from?
0: Did you pull that one yes. from betwixt your cheeks? Yes. Okay. I I, Just did, wanted to make sure. I did the research, and, gotcha. and that's what the polling takes. It was
1: basically, their guidelines that they released for the city was basically a Jeopardy question that you could have answered, what is Charlotte? I mean, it was so obvious that that was the city that they were describing.
0: Yeah. It was really unprecedented. Every, and I mean literally, everything Jim Phillips has said and everything this man has done since he became the commissioner of the ACC, hold on. Let me,
1: let me, let me get your soapbox.
0: Has been wrong, <clears throat> and he it just continues to prove that the league made the wrong decision. What? Wait, people can't see this hand yeah. motion that you just. What was this? What was I, I, this? What I is was, this? We're doing it simultaneously. The the league has made the wrong decision in giving and giving this guy. The, co- the 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 control of the ACC D- this is honestly worse than adding schools that we didn't want in the conference. Well, he didn't do that. but th- that's how bad it is. Okay. This is even worse.' I'm just going to let you go here for a second, because adding Pittsburgh, Louisville, uh Notre Dame, all those schools they, it, it didn't matter. We, football move. We didn't. We don't care. Football move. Everything that you we have done in the last ten years hasn't benefited the conference on the on the playing fields. Has it gave them more money? Sure, but that's NC State hasn't won because they got more money. Well, they 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 wouldn't win. If what, they got Wake all Forest the money. can't get three more fans because they got more money. They can't even buy fans. Dang. I I don't I wow. don't get it. Wow. Because the second. Wait a second, Wait, by the way, you just attacked Wake Forest. I, I thought d- you had big deke energy. What happened? I do have big deke energy. Wow. But I had to... That was a, that was a, a tragic they're, shift. They're the, the ACC Vanderbilt, okay? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: In terms of basketball, for sure. The second you move the ACC out of Greensboro, the ACC tournament never goes back. I really hope not. And the... And look, the last time Carolina won the dang thing, it was in Washington D.C. I'm not I, I'm not against you taking it here, and there every now and again, but in a decade span, they should play seven or eight of those of the AC tournament in Greensboro. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. Once it's gone, it'll never go back. I I
1: I really hope not. That would be to me that would be a horrible move because that's where the ACC originated. So, to me, you got to go back. Now, is it going to be there as frequently? Probably not. They are probably going to try to get other markets involved. Now,
0: I'm with you. I don't want to have to hear... Jim Bayheim at a press conference pick his nose and say, "Let's well, glad to be out of Greensboro." Yeah, I
1: really don't care what Jim Bayheim has to say, anyways. Coach your sons and shut up, okay? No one really cares what your old wrinkly behind thinks. Seriously, wow. like you guys again. I I'm of the opinion. Look, man, I love I love Madison Square Garden. Absolutely love it. The ACC tournament has no business being anywhere above Washington D.C. The only reason I say D.C. is because you've got Virginia and Virginia Tech that you can, in a
0: roundabout way, when Maryland was say in their conference, close. it wasn't a big deal.
1: See, here's the thing: where else are you going to go? Though you're not going to play in Richmond. I mean, where are you going to play in Richmond? They don't have a big venue.
0: So uh, Greensboro A, Greensboro B. In Greensboro C. I'm
1: here to tell you that's not gonna happen. Do they need to go elsewhere to expand their footprint? Yeah, no, they
0: probably do. They that's, really don't. That's what they have to do. I, I don't I don't think I don't get why he is so and at this point he is hell bent on looking at every tradition this conference has, looking at what the strong suit of the conference has, and is going Against it. What do you—why?
1: Why? Tell me—you you know why. You know why. Because they think— Because it's money.
0: Do you think— It's all about you the You think money. moving the headquarters from Greensboro to Charlotte's going to get Notre Dame to f- c- commit as a football member? He thinks that, yes.
1: I don't see how Then that, he's a moron! I don't see how that makes sense. Um, Do I think that— the move to Charlotte is a terrible one No, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world You're in a bigger city It makes a lot of sense I'm going to need you, do, you to read the room you do, That's a bad I've, decision I've read the room And I think that you you have everything else that you do here you, you do your ACC media days. You know that's that's another problem.
0: You do your. Let's move the media days to Greensboro. Nobody's going to. Let's Greensboro let's move for the irrelevant days. ACC football game to Greensboro. You're a dumbass. No, it's usually irrelevant. How do, but that makes no
1: sense. You have to, you see now you're just floating crap out just, there. Just move everything to Greensboro. Because it's all at one central no, locale. There's no football stadium in Greensboro. Build they, one. Now that's not going to happen. Greensboro is important. It's not that important to the ACC. That's It's you, where sure. the conference
0: originated. It's been there since but 1953. But again, you
1: can still play tournament games there. I'm not saying eliminate tournament you tur- eliminate ACC tournament, but the they're ACC not going to from Greensboro, which I'm agreeing is a grave mistake. That is a historic site. And to me, I don't agree because I heard you were you were talking about this at the end of the show that is record uh, on the day of our recording, and you said that they said that Charlotte, when the ACC tournament is in Charlotte, it's better than when it's in. Green that's Burrow. that's a that's, load of
0: crap. That's not true. Is, I don't agree with that. Is it good? Is it a good environment? Yes, because not, not, there's a lot of Carolina fans here. Duke fans show up. I'm going to be honest. It's really not all that great. But it's better in Greensboro. There's something about it being in Greensboro that makes it better. It's
1: historic. You need to keep
0: that part of your
1: history there. And I agree with you that that should be the place that they go. But will they probably go back there? No, because it's all about the money, which is shameful. It it really is. They're going to be in Charlotte. They're going to be... Probably in Atlanta, which doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. That's SEC, That's where the SEC holds everything that they do.
0: I'm not, but I'm not this type of guy that roots for people to get fired. Well, how does that? I'm ready for Jim can he Phillips get to get fired
1: as the commissioner. I, I don't know yeah, how oh, that works. Yes, yep.
0: yes. He just gets replaced. I'm just ready for him to resign. I don't – it's not going to happen anytime soon. Now, here's the do thing. Do you think I could write him a check big enough to make him resign?
1: No, I don't think he would be able to take $7 and resign. But um, I do agree with you that
0: most of his moves are very, very head-scratching. They're bad. The They're like Bob Bowlesby bad at the Big 12.
1: I'm not – like I said, I'm not over, overly angry about the fact that you're moving into Charlotte. You're keeping it in the same state. This is a move that we probably should have seen coming with the amount of stuff that is here in Charlotte. But like I said, I agree with you that getting away from your tradition of playing games in the Greensboro Coliseum is a grave mistake. It's a grave mistake because at that rate, are we sure the Greensboro Coliseum is still going to be able to
0: Stay open
1: no. Who plays there
0: I mean the, the, what the Swarm play there No the Swarm have their own separate facility So who
1: even I mean serious so Well that's where UNCG concerts? plays there Yeah concerts UNCG that ain't keeping that place open And that is a real shame I hate that part of it I can't uh, that does not make any sense to me at all But I, at this point unfortunately I just don't think there's anything that we can do about it And again all of these moves are about money and basically, that means it's about football. And yes, he is that stupid that he honestly believes that a move of the corporate offices to Notre Dame, or to Notre Dame, hey, that might do it. That may honestly do it. A move of the corporate offices to Charlotte it might be enough to attract Notre Dame to the conference. I'm here to tell you right now, Jim, they don't give a rat's patoot about where the offices are, I, I, nobody cares about that, really. So I, I don't know. It, it's it's definitely head scratching, and it's a shock to the tradition of the ACC, which which sucks. And but I mean, I, honestly, you kind of wonder how many people were sitting in those offices saying, "Yeah, we want to move it out of here." I think you just you've got a lot of modern people in there now that are just like, "Let's just move it to a hopping place like
0: Charlotte." And, and i don't know Not good news thing. is is that carolina's going to the final four that's all that matters and maybe maybe are you, when the, are you petitioning the final four to be moved from new orleans to greensboro when when they when they're in the final four maybe i'll forget that the acc is leaving greensboro and heading to charlotte ah, that'll be in the back of the mind but i so. doubt it this this will just be an ongoing thing as long as Jim Phillips is the commissioner of the ACC. Are you done with that soapbox? Here, let me pull that out. Of the I am done. So that's oh. going to go ahead, wrap up this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. Before we let you go, get you guys to the website, HealToughBlock.com, where this weekend we'll get you covered and have you ready for Carolina at Notre Dame on the football side of things. They travel to South Bend Saturday night at 7.30. There'll be a preview of the game. We've, we've got the preview pod up as well following the game. There will be a recap. There will be a stock report. There may potentially be a trench report moving forward. It'll be just kind of hit and go on the the trench report side of things uh, for Carolina football, basketball side of things. We'll start previewing the front court and the back court within the next week as we get you ready for the season opener against Loyola of Maryland on November 9th. So get over to the website, heeltoughblog.com. On the website or on the podcast side of things, we're on every major podcasting platform. Most notably, Megaphone, iTunes, Art Radio, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts. You can find us on every major podcasting platform, the Four Corners Podcast, and the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. Give us a like, review both podcasts, go and subscribe to both. That way you get every podcast right there in your podcast library. Once we get into basketball season, it's going to be full swing two to three pods a week, previewing games, recapping games, just general talking points about Carolina basketball with guests, and, of course, just me and Anthony on here chatting about the Tar Heels. So make sure you do subscribe. That way every podcast right there in your podcast library. Well, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We'll thank Anthony for hosting with me. I want to thank you guys for listening, and as always, go Tar Heels!